Imagine the brothers of Legacy. We don't stand out. We stand up. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Man, let me just give a disclaimer before you even start, AD. Your connection is trash. Trash? Trash. (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, as long as it's good on the replay, you know what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) No, unfortunately, what you see here is what you get the whole time. I need to um, probably switch up. Yeah, I'm going to switch up systems. I'm probably going to definitely do get into OBS. OBS gets a little more technical. Uh, but OBS, I can record like locally, you know, my stuff so I can fix it later. So at least the replay will be cleaner. Um, okay. So, yeah, we wow. probably that's a shout out to StreamYard. I might be moving away from you guys. Might be moving away. Uh, right. There you go. It's the BOR brought to you by Spectrum, the world's best jitterbug broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate nice. that, Joe. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate I, that, Joe. As you can see, we have a guest in the building, uh, none other than uh, Mr. Uh, Calvin Foster. Oh, my peoples is coming through. All right, all right, Mr. Calvin Foster. Appreciate you. Um, we got we got a lot to talk about, so we're gonna definitely jump into it. Uh, let me just get my other brothers in here. We got a full full house, so this is going to be really good. It's gonna be a twelve hour broadcast. Thank you. Oh, look at how we do it. Morning, morning, morning. Morning, <laughs> Long story. No. Long story. <laughs> fighting for my people, man. Yeah. Like you're working hard, man. Look like you're missing your boat this morning, though. Oh, yeah. I just got off my Google, my uh, Google Meet. I, w- I wear these glasses. I-, I don't even need them. I just wear it for them. <laughs> so they, so they, don't, they don't find out. I don't know what I'm talking about. Put on the show, way, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, so I bet you, I bet you got that? on your gym shorts too, don't you? <laughs> Boy, don't make me stand up. Yes, sir. Got no things on. What you talking hey, about, man? I, I, I just got. I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling. <laughs> yes, sir. Listen, gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do what you gotta do. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and kick it off. Um, as you can see, we have a guest, Mr. Calvin Foster. Um, today he's going to talk about a lot, a lot. Um, so the first thing I want to kind of talk about, um, I want you to kind of try to, I'm trying to get a good direction to start. What's up, Sam? Good morning. Good morning. Um, morning, Sam. Your topic. She sent me a text and said my connection is terrible as well. So she co-signed on the terrible. So I'm not going to talk a lot this broadcast. I'm going to talk a lot. All right. So I want to kind of dig into, um, land and generational wealth and kind of like, how that fits into what you're doing. And you we talked about quite a bit <laughs> topics. So that's the first place I want to hit on, uh, Mr. Foster, as far as the the value of land and generational wealth, and then kind of get into your story of how you got into got mm-hmm. into getting land. Right. Um, first of all, good morning, everybody. Thank you for uh uh Brother Walker for providing uh this space. You know, holding this space I already feel a really, really high energy, a very high 
uh, vibration in the room already. I see uh, you see my my brothers in Christ on the line this morning, and uh, you know it's just kind of interesting to me because generally I get in spaces like this and. They're not uh, spaces where I find uh, my brothers. So I'm very excited about this this morning. It already has a different feel and a different flavor to it. And uh, so thank you so much for putting this together and uh, providing this opportunity for brothers to share, to collaborate, to talk, and just mentally, you know, a mental space to check in from time to time uh, because we deal with such changing times and so much is going on. so to get right into this uh, land, and, and uh, man, there's just so many. I mean, I'm, I'm over here just just buzzing right now because there's so many directions that I could go into this. So let me sort of shape it and kind of narrow it um, uh, to just maybe a uh, a couple of different areas. One being uh, legacy and heritage. Second, uh, land is a very foundational piece of wealth. And then lastly, land being a part of any type of generational legacy uh, that you want to leave that I would like to leave behind. And and I'm trying to get more and more people interested in. So to start this thing off, I guess I need to give a little bit of background on on who I am. And so I'm from southeast Georgia, a little town called Millen, maybe twenty five thousand people. Um, I grew up with a mom and dad working factory, doing factory work. And to facilitate them doing factory work at a very young age, like maybe four or five, I was sent out to the country uh, to the quintessential Southeast setup uh, to be raised by uh, grandparents, my aunt and uncle on the farm. And so that's where my whole thing sort of started starts. Uh, uh, my grandmother was the mother of the church, was a founding member of the church there and uh, <clears throat> very prominent figure and uh, the community and probably the most influential figure in my life. Um, just just the amount of respect that I saw people have for her, her convictions were very deeply rooted. And we came, we come from sort of a uh, Mumbutu type of society. Um, it is very Swahili in nature where the eldest female is the matriarch and she was pretty much the center of our family and everyone, even though I had, you know, she had 14 children, they all grouped around her. So um, we had grown men who pretty much bowed to my grandmother. Now uh, she was a small woman in stature, only about five, one, five, two, but she commanded such, such a big presence. Well, uh, just because, you know, um, just, just the things she accomplished and how people respected her and how, how well known she was in the church. She was very prominent. You couldn't really go to Jenkins County, Statesboro, Augusta um, in the old days without knowing who Mother Scott was. And so, uh, you know, she was a very prominent figure there, um, very prominent in the church. Um, We grew up in sort of a uh, racial upset. We still had the racial biases going on. Um, We still had separate black and white proms when I graduated. It was all that was still going on well into the early 90s. Um, so it was very, very stuck in the fifties there in that sense. But black or white, people respected my grandmother, and uh, she was a poor. She didn't have a lot of money, but she was very well respected as far as the church and people. People, uh, her ability to ha- provide wise counsel to a lot of people, and so I grew up with her. 
and one of the things that I got was her ability to work the land. Okay. Uh, most of what we ate, we grew. And so it was a real big part of cows, chickens, you know, pigs. Uh, we grew what we ate. We grew fields of peas, field, and the biggest thing she grew was these sweet potatoes. And uh, so I grew up at a very young age following her around. Uh, we didn't have running water, so we would go, you know, pumping water. I tell you, I, I, people, wow. I, I, I come right out of a scene of Color Purple, man. <laughs> right, it's looking like it. Yeah, when like you it. when you watch Color Purple, I, I I literally can warp you back to that and show you where I grew. We still had an outhouse. We didn't have plumbing inside. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's wow. I, I think I was the last of that era to go through that stuff, man. But and even though I'm only forty eight years old, I still had that type of upbringing. And the good thing about it was we never really had a bunch of money, but we never knew we were poor. Hmm. Okay. And I think okay. that's where this thing can sort of start yeah. off because we were so self-sufficient and so resilient right. that we really didn't need anyone to provide a whole lot for us. And uh, so we thrived just off the land. And so, you know, with me going into the military was my ne next thing. I spent 20 years in the Marine Corps um, <clears throat> in, in, in uh, you know, in special forces, special operations being deployed all around the world. And, but I always had this connection when I would go back home. You know, my grandmother would ask me, okay, are you going back across the water? She knew she grew up in she grew up in nineteen oh eight. She grew up during the depression, World War One, okay. World War Two. Uh she grew up in the early nineteen hundreds. And uh so she had seen all these things and, and wars and stuff like that. She so she would always ask me about, you know, my military service and she she didn't like it, but she she tolerated it and would always pray for me. But so I always had this connection to the land and so um, I want to kind of jump forward here and just sort of put this together and bring it, you know, from my childhood to where we are now. Um, I wanted to, I've always wanted land. First of all, cause I love, I love to hunt. Um, <clears throat> while I was in the military and when I got out of the military, I struggled with PTSD. Gotcha. Uh, but what really helped me was being able to transport my mind back to those days with my grandmother and the time we spent on the farm and finding some place in nature alone that I could reconnect and, you know, and, and, and get that get that connection again. So I've always been very rooted and grounded in dirt in the land. So um, that really helped me. So. I, the second thing is I love to hunt. Okay. Um, I spend pretty much all of my leave alone in the woods somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I go to Texas, I go to Colorado. I, I, I'm, I'm planning a trip here next, you know, early next year to Africa, do my first safari. So it, it's really big to me. I actually uh, used to be on a show called Ultimate Outdoors with this guy. Um, so it's really big to me. So I always had this connection in some way or another to the land and I've always wanted land. And so finally I, I, I'm married now and I have a wife and, uh, uh, <clears throat> and I've always just never had the money to buy land. So recently, you know, getting out of the military, being retired, making some good wise investments, um, 
during this time, and here's a big piece of it, I was being mentored by a gentleman uh, <clears throat> named uh, Vic Sullivan, He's a financial planner, investment banker okay. down in Albany, Georgia. One of my mentors, man, this guy, this guy's okay. obviously clear, clear millionaire. Um, but Caucasian man, but he and I met on a hunt that he was sponsoring for Marines, bringing them out to his, his property. And we just kind of connected from there. He wanted to do something for veterans, bring them out to his land, you know, give them this big barbecue, take them out hunting. We spent campfire night, did a bonfire. And he and I just kind of connected there. So we ended up doing this thing year after year and spent a whole lot of time in between that together. Um, and this year, October will be our 18th year of doing it. Okay. And so, um, <clears throat> long story short, my mind was so small and my breath was so, so, you know, so slim that I didn't really know how to own land. I didn't know how to okay. make it happen. I couldn't see a way to it. Okay. Gotcha. So he gets me into finance. He, he, he's also a financial planner, investment banker. Okay. And I'm going to tell okay. you, I was, so, I was so broke at the time that I was embarrassed to even let him in on my finances. I got it. Yeah. That That's rough yeah. right there. Falls yeah. right there. Right yeah. there. Yeah. That's the of our, our, biggest, our biggest struggles right there. The yeah. opening up of our finances to those that can help. Especially you talking for planner, like I like we're cool. I don't really yeah. like can even use a plan. I wouldn't I don't really want to tell you how broke I am. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and here and here's where here and here's where the magic happens. Okay. This guy, this guy, the guy has money. He's a millionaire. Right. Um, right. And and has big money. Yet he was willing to deal with me hmm. with my initial investment to him. Of three thousand okay. dollars, okay. which was peanuts to him and a total waste of his time. But everything in the world to you, right? But it, exactly, it, but it wasn't a waste of his time because he saw something that Thank I you. couldn't see. Right, right. He, saw, he had vision. Some, there's yeah. a difference between sight and vision. Yeah, right. He saw something that I couldn't see, um, and. <clears throat> he probably stuck to the plan more than I did. Because he's Clear. living he's living the outcome and you're uh freaking <laughs> somewhere, <in. laughs> somewhere so far in the bushes that I can't see the forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So like he would constantly right. So he would constantly tell me he's like, You're gonna be retired from the wrinkle one day. You need to take that check. And not touch one dime of it. You need to give it to me, and you need to invest that into some land. And he would always be kind of, almost a little bit annoying. Always had his foot on my neck about investing and doing something. Right. And so, um, I really would like, you know, occasionally <laughs> give him money. But he always, I mean, he really was like, you need, you need to save, you need to invest, you need a financial future. And man, I, I can't thank God enough for for this guy. Uh, because lo and behold, you know, I met him when I was like 29 years old. I'm 48 now, but he kept me 
you know, putting a nickel to a side. But the biggest thing he did was he reshaped my mindset um, because during his time, he's a white male from, from this part of Georgia. I'm a black male from this type of Georgia, and we would bump heads a lot. But we would bump heads in a way that was totally gentleman-like. Mm. It would never be, you know, you know, meet me behind checkers, but we can we can sell this on Dixie Highway or something. It was never, you know, any of that. You know, it was always cordial, gentleman-like uh, conversation, and it was about politics, race, religion, deep stuff. And I'm sure I shaped him in ways and helped him turn on some lights, and he helped me in a lot of ways. But it was so important for me to have that mentoring. But so now, um, I'm in a better place financially. And I had this opportunity. Um, I run into a gentleman who was from the church and this perfect opportunity uh, came to where he was going to help me really start, you know, invest investing in this property. And um, he was known for raising money. He was he had a nonprofit company that helped nonprofits. Um, I began a nonprofit called the Nature Connection, which I really wanted to help young men get outside so we're in the process now looking for this property i'm in a better place financially and i dumped a whole bunch of money to this trust and it wasn't 10 20 30 or forty thousand dollars it was a pile of money and the guy takes off run robs me and takes off running with the money mm. oh. dirty dog okay wait dirty dog. wait wait so okay so you you put it into a trust Mm -hmm. someone else control that he had access to yeah access to yeah he he takes the money and run and here's here's the thing about it it was during covid so i couldn't even get him in court to sue him Mm. Mm. wow Wow. that's crazy and because it was in a trust i really didn't have a whole lot of financial leg you know legal leg to stand on this to 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 to, uh prosecute him then the courts weren't yeah. taking anybody in that time anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. Unless it was for murder or something serious. Yeah. So here I am. Not only did I not get the dream to materialize, which I've wanted my whole life, now I'm also robbed. Yeah. Right. Double women. Wow. And so I'm so let me tell you, the uh the marine in me raised up. And <laughs> I'm glad you said Marine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, he both of them, though. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Both sides And for a moment there, and for a moment there, I put the Holy Spirit out of the room. And, uh, you know, I was going to handle this in with some other training that I have. I was really going to do something to this man. Uh-huh. And, uh, but. I got so frustrated and so mad that it scared my wife. Mm. She's mm. like, I see you going to this dark, ugly place. Right. And I'm like, don't think about me going there. I'm already there. If I saw this guy, I would have really hurt him. Right. And and it got so bad, I became so frustrated that I finally broke down. I'm like, let me come to my senses, and I, and I prayed about it. Right. And it's amazing how God operates. And, and he began to press into my spirit. He says, now that you're broke and you're all the way down, now you're ready. Because even though this guy took all the money, I never stopped going to look at him properly. I looked at over 100, eight, I looked at over 800 properties online 
I visited over 100 properties in Georgia. That's good. Mm. You didn't stop. You and didn't stop your vision. I didn't stop. And it, not, and it wasn't that I, I didn't want to stop. It was just God just kept pushing me. I didn't want it to be over. And God told me, now that you're broke and you're all the way down to the bottom and you can't help yourself, now I'm going to step in. And I made some phone calls, found out where this guy worked. His boss, come to find out, his boss was a retired Marine. All right. Wow. And came after this dude so hard, he began to send all the money back. Wow. Mm. Nice. Well, they fired him afterwards, but, you know, he sent (laughs) here. And the guy told me, like, I wanted to make sure you had all your money back before we fired him. Mm, um, that's a real one. yeah so he ended up dealing with a whole other thing in that area but the money was back and I kept visiting this one property and I went to it and uh, had talked to the guy about the property the, the agent before about it and I went to the property <clears throat> twice I went once my wife I came back later went to the property again down it was down there making and this time it was the, the property was against the road, but I had to go use the bathroom. So I ran onto this guy's property into the woods to use the bathroom. Well, when I came out of the woods, zipping my pants up, he had my truck blocked in. Mm-hmm. I had literally been trespassed on this man's land. And uh he had my he's like, Well, who are you? What are you doing out here? You're on my property. I got your truck blocked in here. Long story short. One hour later, me and this guy sit on the tailgate of his truck drinking Gatorades. <laughs> and uh, he go, I, I go, I really would like this property. It's the one I've been viewing the most. It's the one I really want to uh, to own. And uh, he wanted eighty thousand more dollars than what I had to even be interested in this property. It was out of my league. Wow. And uh, the next day, he called me back and was like, "Hey, look." I'm going to cut another thousand dollars per acre off this uh, off this land and put it within your grasp. Wow. I literally got a 33 percent discount on this property. Mm. He goes, wow. if I show this property to anybody else or if I advertise it publicly, it'll be gone within hours. Right. He goes, but you impressed me so much yesterday that I want you to have it. Wow. And so uh, I go running back, tell my wife, I still don't have enough money. My wife emptied her, empties her bank account. Hey, look, I'm tired of you begging people to hunt. I see tears in your eyes about this thing. Right. Hey, here's what I got. Here's what you got. Go do it. Right. And uh, so finally, man, we get to this, to this, to this closing and, um, and, and, and. Wow. That's big, man. That is big. That is big. Wow. Wow. Talk about a, 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 a journey, you know. <laughs> you know it's like then, a, not only God was on your side, but your your partner, your spouse, your other half. Yes. 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 Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we're at this, this closing and my mentor walks in the room. Wow. Um, he walks in and uh, he goes, I couldn't miss this for the world. 
<clears throat> and so we close on this deal, man, and we go to this, we go down to the property, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, we 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 close on this, thing. and I dedicated that land to God, but I made a tribute to my grandmother, and it was like reconnecting with her. Right. I took one of those sweet potatoes that I've grown every year since I've had a garden. I took it there with me to remember all of the nights in front of the fireplace in that old coal house with the wooden floors <laughs> and the giant fireplace is the only source of heat that my grandmother would take sweet potatoes and put them in that fire and cover them up with ashes and as wow. Ashton would cook those sweet potatoes, she would take them out of the fire, pat them off, yeah. and give them to me and my brothers and sisters as she sat in her rocking chair and talked to us Jesus. Wow. And implanted into us the word of God, man. And I tell you, that word of God has taken me through depression. It has taken me through uh, being suicidal. It has taken me through PTSD. It has taken me through financial collapse. And... It, it, it's always been the staying power for me. And so at that moment, I wanted to pay homage to her and to really seal that deal because um, she talked to me, Jesus, her whole, her, you know, you know, about God her whole life. And the day she died, my family all surrounded her bedside and they brought me in and they brought me in and said, well, she's taught you Jesus all her life. As she dies right now, we want you to read from Isaiah to her as she goes on her transition. And so it's just, it was like just such a big culminating event, man. And, it, you know, I could just, you know, to see that thing come full circle that day on that land, man, I, I, I just, I couldn't hold it together. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't hold it together, I man. I didn't know whether to shout, run, cry. Jump break. I, I, I think I did all four. So, so I'm gonna pause right there. I've been going on for a minute there. I'll give you a chance to ask yeah. a couple of questions or clarify anything. Well, let me ask you this, brother Calvin. How many acres did you get, brother? We ended up getting a hundred. Oh man, that's what I'm yeah, talking We ended up getting a hundred. Yep. Right. That's a nice piece of land, right? Yeah, there. It's, it's, yeah, and I get I got it at a discount too, so it's a hundred acres uh, down in Upson County, but uh, right near Fort Valley, down from the university. Really? Yeah, is most of it graded or is it all wooded? Uh most of it's wooded, and we're going to talk about that too because that's where the wealth comes in. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, congratulations. I don't know when you got it, but congratulations, bro. Now this will be uh yeah. this September is uh two years. Oh, sweet, man. Nice. Sweet. Yep. This is recent. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so he said them trees yet. <laughs> um, and that's the part I really wanted to get to the the uh, the amount. Um this story, like I didn't know all the intricacies of the story. That was man, that was a journey. Then someone to, to take your money you know like this here's the thing you hear all of that right yeah and, and we're like everybody else listening all while you're talking everybody's wondering how many acres how many acres? <laughs> <laughs> listen this is what happens 
You want to yeah. know why I can't get through anything? Because I'm always trying to rush through to the end. <laughs> I want to get to the big bang, right? right. And I yeah. really understand right. or appreciate a value, the journey. You know, I'm sitting here, right. man, you could have talked for the next hour. I'm going to be quiet, right? Because mm-hmm. right. you're talking about your experience and the passion uh, by which you yeah. speak, man, is, is mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah. you know that it's God. You know yeah. That, yeah. And you recognize that it's God. You have to listen. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because everybody's trying to get their hundred acres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Everybody right. wants yeah. acres, right? But nobody wants somebody running off with their money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, right. That's good. I see where you're going. Right, seriously, because uh, what you did in response to him running off with the money, yeah, granted you 100 acres. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, your discipline, your restraint, that the the fact that you had to pause. You you want, you know, what you wanted to do. Right, right. But you had to pause and pray. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, because of that. That situation worked out, and so I'm, my thing is, I know that you, you've given us the this is the appetizer or the the, the summary of everything, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. right? Yeah, you can't speak to the, the the depth that you were willing to go, the the length that you were willing to go, uh, right? Thought about this guy, uh, but right? Also, yeah. Like, there's the conversation with your wife, right? Um, right. The conversation doesn't open up with do whatever you want to do. Here's no. No, right? all of that is yeah. a process. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. understand. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the, that's the beauty of this of this testimony, right? Right. We talked about building generational wealth, and everybody wants to talk money. No, we need to talk journey. Right, 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 right. That's right. good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, good. definitely. Because uh, you're right. It didn't. It didn't come from. Cause of her, she's like, okay. I'll go hunting with you every now and then. She'll come sit in the stand with me and go out to the land. Um, uh, but she had a bad experience. The first day we got to the land, she found this giant rattlesnake. Um, so, <laughs> so, but but she understood. But here's here's what and, and 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 you know here's where it all. She understood what that meant to me. And so she's she's from she's from Louisville, Kentucky. She's from the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I granted my wife is a little bit of a tomboy. She's from the city though, and she's a singer. She's 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 in their hair and makeup and getting up in front and singing, and none of that had to do with shooting a rifle or a gut and a deer. Um, <laughs> but she understands that to be connected to my husband, I need to be into what he's into, or at least show interest and support in it. And vice versa. So I go to concerts and 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 I'm dreaming about hunting deer, but I'm listening to somebody sing. And <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the trade off is there, and I think that when I, I I got so broken down with that situation, and I tell anybody, you know, McCord, you know, there's still there's hills and valleys in that journey. Right. And uh, she caught me one day in one of my lowest places. I become so frustrated and so angry that I couldn't control my emotions and I literally broke, I, I, I melted down. Yeah. And, uh, and she didn't know what, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you tell your husband in a moment like that? Um, and so the journey is definitely part of it. And I see, I see people 
you're right. I tell them about the land, I'm, and they're like, oh, man, I want to take that. I want, I want to do that. I'm like, wait a minute. I summarized this in 30 minutes, but that took 20, that took 20 years. That was 20 years in the making. I gave you the 30 minute verse, but that was, that was 20 years in the making. Right. I, I, that, right. That's an Abraham story. Yes. So, right. uh, <laughs> right. 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 That's so, what we missed, man. And, yeah. And, yeah. And people, people, people don't want to do their 40 years wandering through the desert. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I, I tell my son, you know, he's like, Dad, you got BMW, you got a, you got a, you got a, you got a, you got a Toyota Tundra, you got this house, you got another house, you got land. I go, but when you were five, I was riding you around in a Toyota, that little toy, black Toyota Tundra that made all the funny noises, and and I kept having a flat tire every week, and and we we only had eight dollars worth of gas in it, you know. So, uh, uh-uh. uh. You got to start from where I started at and start. It gets better, but you got to definitely start from the start line. So to transition this conversation, let's talk about him because now my son has sons. I have grandsons. And so my father only had a ninth grade education. My father did not leave me with anything. He left me with, matter of fact, he left me owing the IRS for tax bills that he had. I buried him out of my pocket. He didn't leave me with anything. Um, I tell people he did the best he could, then he died. Okay? Um, but I gave him a truck. I gave him my old truck when I bought a new truck. You know, most times you're in high school, your daddy gives you a truck or a car or whatever. No, I gave my father a truck. Um, Right. He and I did not always get along due to alcohol problems that he had. Um, but toward the end, as I grew in ministry, God used me to to lead him to salvation. Amen. So that's we awesome. spent the last that's where the land comes into play again because we spent the last three, four years of his life hunting and fishing together. Serving community. Mm-hmm. That was my wish to see my one of the best days of my life was me, my father, and my son served communion in church together, and then we went fishing afterwards, after we ate lunch. And so um, I really didn't have a lot of those memories growing up, so that was another motivation for me, was to provide for my son and his sons a better starting point. So let's talk about land and how that how that, how that works into the thing. Because um, I know brother asked me earlier about, you know, is it wooded or not? So it just so happens that my financial advisor, he owns, you know, a couple hundreds, probably thousand acres, a couple of thousand acres down in uh down there, Albany, Georgia. <clears throat> and I watched him through the process because he was sort of young in the, in, the, in the land game. But I watched him through the process just transform this beautiful, magnificent property down in southeast Georgia. Uh, the man basically gave me a key to the gate, literally gave me a key to the gate, showed me where there was a, a cabin out there. He goes, the cabin is yours when you want it. Here's where you can hunt. Come down here and just enjoy yourself. But he, he provided me with that opportunity. And he doesn't let anybody else go out there. You know, uh, he's got family members that won't go out there, can't go out there. He just, he just don't trust them to do the right thing. Um, But I watched him transform this property and I watched and I looked at how much timber was coming off of that place. And if you look at um, 
Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, right? They're not, they're not buying properties. They're buying land. Right, right, right. I think it was Warren Buffett that said, I'd rather have all of the farmland in America than all the gold in America. Yeah. Why? Because that, that, that cycle of wealth, I noticed that when I grew up, all the people who had money owned land. It, it was an integral part of it. Yeah. And so I began to wonder what that was about. So when I bought this property, I had enough insight to know to find a property that also had excellent timber value, which this property does. And so okay. the next the next two years, we will begin what's called a thinning process of taking wealth off of this land. Okay. So you cut these so you cut these pine trees the first time at about 14 years old. And they're planted in rolls, just like lettuce, just like corn. It's called a pine plantation, a pine plantation stand. They're planted in rolls, just like just like corn and potatoes and any other crop. Right. But it's slow farming because versus picking up something every year like corn, potatoes, or soybeans, you pick these up every thirteen or fourteen years. Right. So the first, so wow. let's do some math real quick. The first cut of that property. They're small trees, only about 12 to 14 inches in diameter, and that's what's called pulp wood. You grind that into paper okay. products, you grind it, grind it into a uh, uh, small particle board and different things that are not solid wood that need paper, that need a paper pulp uh, base. Shelves that you got in your huh? <laughs> cheap bookshelves that I have. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And so for that, Let's just throw a rough number out there. You can get roughly a thousand dollars per acre on that first cut. Wow. So okay. just start doing the math in hundreds and thousands of acres. Wow. Now, wow. Uh, now the next cut you're gonna do on that property is probably six years away. Those trees are usually 20 years old then. And you have what's called chip and saw. So if some of this wood is gonna be chipped into pulp wood, and bigger trees are gonna be sawed into into small timber, then like two by four, two by sixes, four by eights, whatever. So you're getting some timber out of that for actual some building material for smaller furniture and stuff. So that cut is going to run you about twelve hundred dollars per acre. Now you done got eight hundred off at one time. Now right. you're going to come right. in because you didn't take you didn't take all the lumber down. You just took a portion of it out. You did what's called thinning. Right. Okay. You took uh, like okay. a third of, of the timber out. Now you're going to come back later, five or six years later, take another third out. That wood right. is going to be roughly about worth about eighteen hundred dollars an acre. Wow. Okay. Now you wait until that timber turns about twenty-five years old. Five years later, you cut. Then you do what's called a clear cut. You take everything else down. That lumber can be worth up to about three thousand dollars an acre. Wow! If you do the math, wow. it's exponential. Okay. And if you did it right, you've you've paid for that property. You you've regained all of your wealth. Now here's a legacy and generational part of it. After you clear all that timber. You just plant it again. Wow. And you start over. And you cut the wood maybe two or three times in my lifetime and I give it to my son. He cuts it two or three times in his lifetime and gives it to his son. They cut the wood. By that time I give it to my son, there is no... The only thing you got is tax tax bracket. So let me ask a question real quick. On on 100 acres of land, what do you think I pay in taxes? Oh, uh, probably per acre. Per acre, 
Think about that. It's 100 acres. That's a, that's a huge track of land. Think about your one or two acres your house is on. How much you pay in taxes? Now multiply that times 100. There's a huge, there's a huge uh, tax penalty there. How much do you think I pay in taxes? A lot. <laughs> Probably about $100. $100 <laughs> huh? Probably about $150, $150 per acre. $150 an acre. You know what I'm saying? $150 an acre. So what would that be in math? About what? About 10000 About 10000 10, 12,000. Yeah. Uh, for that 100 acres, I don't pay 1,000. Wow, really? No. Nice. I pay in taxes every year, I pay roughly $500. Well, that's nice. because there's no, there's nothing, it, it's just land. If I put a building on it, I still pay $5. Really? You mean, I'm, I'm saying in terms of, City, you know, plumbing, sewer, all that kind of stuff. Those are the things that increase taxes when the, when uh, the state and local government. Here's where here's here's where here's where we as brothers <clears throat> here's where we as brothers jump here's where we as brothers jump in and unlock some secrets that I've been discovering lately. No matter what I do with this property, if I improve it, if I plumb it, if I sewer it, if I get ups and counted to run power onto it, my tax liability per year is still $500. Because you're right, brother, uh, uh, Corey, that is the thing that brings your tax bracket up. However, I'm shielded and protected like all of the big landowners are in different programs, if you know what they are. So, we enlisted this program, this this property, into a program called CUVA. And what that stands for is conservation use value assessment. Okay. So I go into a whole totally different, you know, box of candy to mm -hmm. eat from when it comes to this because, and that's how people have been protecting their wealth. Well, you would think paying you to preserve the land. Huh? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then you get into a program called um, CRP, Crop Rotation Program, where the U.S. government wants to control the prices of corn, cotton, and soybeans in the foreign domestic GPI, uh, right. uh, gross, right. uh, you know, leverage our gross product. If you grow too much cotton, the price of cotton goes down yeah. because you got a surplus, you need to sell it off. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're paying farmers not to grow it. Well, right. Right. Yeah. Right. That would have helped a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They pay farmers not to grow anything, to hold their land there. Yeah. Don't grow so that we can fight India and China wow. and all these other countries in Pakistan by manipulating the, the gross domestic product. And leveraging the market and 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 basically monopolizing uh, right. farm and trade in that manner. So all of this, there's so many programs that the, the FSA, the USDA, the NRCS, and I'm just discovering a lot of these. We cleared ten acres. We, we cleared ten acres. My first estimate on clearing ten acres was about fifty thousand dollars. That was tree stumps and all? That was the truck? Tree stumps, grading the land, knocking over trees, wow. piling up, burning up. It was about $50,000. For, for 10, 10 acres? For 10 acres. Okay. Wow. Okay. I paid less than five. Wow. 
There was a program. Okay. There was a program yeah. called the Wildlife Conservation Program, mm -hmm. where the deer and the turkeys and the rabbits they need open areas that are not covered up by trees, so that they can get the best grasses and forbs and herbs, and the flowers can come out and the pollinators can live. Okay. They, they, we need so, those areas because our honeybee population, all those areas are getting ran over. So they came in and like, if you want to do what's called a wildlife opening, we'll send the forestry commission in there and help you do it cheap to the dollar. Okay, wait now. But on that, on that, on that, on that, and all these other programs, how are you getting this information? You just hustling up that, yourself, you yourself. Me and you the same thing. I'm thinking the same thing. Help me when I. So here's the thing. It, it's it's so funny, right? We go back to something that we've we've been saying. How you're one handshake, one phone call, one email away from your breakthrough, from your next level, right? Mm -hmm. uh, everything that uh, Brother Foster is talking about is because he got access. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. That there was an opportunity that presented himself, and 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 here's the thing: I know it sounds corny, but because he paid attention growing up, because he had the discipline. Right. That experience getting caught <laughs> trespassing on somebody's property could have changed, right. could have went a whole nother direction. Oh yeah, yes, in, in right. Georgia. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Down right. south. Yeah, mm -hmm. in the woods. Right, <laughs> with no witnesses. No witnesses. Yeah. No, no witnesses. Witness. Yeah. No witness. No right. Witness. You understand? Uh, and so you know, people like like Calvin. People don't understand. Like a lot of what we do, <laughs> we understand right. why you right. praise him, why you serve him the way that you do. Mm -hmm. right. I'm talking about the Lord because you can clearly see God's hand at work, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. But you can also clearly see what a good mindset will bring, what consistency and determination uh, and, mm -hmm. and faithfulness will do uh, to an individual. So here you are all these years later. And I love what you said, man. You know, this is not a microwave investment. Right, indeed, this is a conventional indeed. oven investment. This is for yes. 20 years. Mm -hmm. I love, I love this man, and I th there's no way we can get all this done in one conversation, AD. <laughs> right, well, and you heard Calvin say to make a long story short, like four <laughs> times, right? right. <laughs> right. I'm going. Hey, you know, I see it a lot of different spots, you know, I see. I see Calvin. He on the other side of being prepared and ready, and he just needed the door open. But then right. on the other side to get ready. So like, if and the two got to meet, like if right. you come to me right now, I ain't ready. You know what I mean? Right. So I got it. You know, getting ready is one step. Uh, I guess yes. like Pastor talking about Kevin talking about. You know, when you had it as a kid, you got the idea planted in your head. So I guess it's mm -hmm. there. But then working to get prepared. So like, I just want to go back for a second. Even when you were talking about like 28, 29 when you met that. Uh, the investor, the investor and mentor piece, like that. Even that three thousand that you get, that you got him. What was like that time period from him planting that or introducing you to that to you responding to it with like that tangible physical money? Like, what was that that part right there? Because a lot of people stuck right there. Is what I'm saying. So, what, so, what so, so, are you asking like time wise? How long did it take for yeah, me to have yeah. the money? Yeah, yeah. and what well, did you do in yeah. that time too? You know what I'm saying? But get prepared. So I think that, and see, here's the thing, and, and, and I have a background 
in psychology and sociology, um, you know, from, from, from Northwestern. I went to one of the best psychology sociology schools in the country. And one of the things that I understood was that you're a product of the five people you're around the most. You are them. And so I wanted to have myself around. It's almost like they're saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right, right, right. And so I understood that there was so much I could gain from him. And even more so than me actually saving the money, because I didn't have a whole lot of money when we pulled the trigger. Now, I think the fear was bigger than the financial obligation. Wow. Okay. The hesitation to jump, the hesitation to jump magnified greater than the small intricacies they had it took. The process was really not that hard. People just, the, the, mind, the minds are not shaped and the fear of the unknown holds us back in so many different ways. Yes. So for him, I really didn't, I was broke pretty much most of my time in the military. I mean, I was raising a son by myself. I didn't have money trying to support my mom because my, my dad ended up dying, you know, a couple of years, right. you know, after, uh, after I met this guy uh, from cancer. And so I was always sending money back home, trying to make sure my mom was good, trying to take care of my son, running back and forth myself. I didn't come from money, so I didn't have any. But what he did do more so than anything, he opened me up. Yeah. And he changed my mindset toward money and let me tell you something if you keep hanging around somebody who has what you want before long you'll be touching it for yourself that's right I like that and I didn't have what he's got because but I had a scaled down version I had the junior version I had the junior whopper yeah yeah, yeah it works too <laughs> but it worked it, it, it worked yeah, yeah. and so um I think that for me to answer your question is it, it changed my mindset about money and understanding that he applied a light amount of pressure to me that always said you need to save some money and have something for another day. Now the financial vehicle I used was a thrift saving plan in the military. And he told me, we, we can't beat those rates. And we're not going to to price match or, you know, put money into your investment. Matter of fact, we have a, we have a, a uh, ratio that we need out of your money to pay us. Wow. So, but he was cool about that. He, cause he, I mean, he's got money. He's like, if the thrift saving plan is a better saving vehicle, you better dump a thousand dollars a month into that thing, and don't let me see any less than that. I mean, he like went crazy on that then. So, uh, I think it was a constant pressure of someone saying, "You can be greater. You can be better. Stop selling. Get off your." I mean, he he had a foot on my neck, uh, uh, and it wasn't like he was just overbearing. But he would have those conversations where we'd be out, you know, getting a hamburger or getting ready to go hunting. We're riding through the woods, go get in the tree stand. And he'd be like, uh, well, where's, how, how's the savings going? I hadn't heard you say anything else. Or, you know, uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. I, 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 I saw, 
I saw you with your wife. I saw you with your wife down in Mexico. Uh, what kind of money uh -oh. are you saving? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's good. So, um, right, right. Then I think that you know that was that was the biggest thing. Someone holding someone. Some I tell people all the time: you need to be being mentored at all times, and you need to be reaching back and mentoring at all times. So, um, just having him around, man, it was just that constant. It lit a fire in me that I could I can have something because I came from nothing. So my mind was so small that, you know, most guys that I grew up with, hey man, I'm working at the trailer park, man. We making twelve dollars fifty cents an hour, man. We doing good. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I, I, I know. I know you're wrapping up. Uh, I know yeah. We got nah, we like good. We good. It's for, I know it's gonna take forever, but all right. Now, now talk to me about your your wife. Money coming mm -hmm. from the house. She see you in tears. She see you happy. She see yeah. You, see you low. How you mm -hmm. talking now? When you got the hundred k, the hundred acres, uh -huh. is it, is evident then. But how you, mm -hmm. how you got uh, to keep trusting, believing, sowing? Okay. You said she cleared out her bank account. How you got, yeah. how you got her to that part? Well, I. Do you mean to get her to buy in onto the land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, the thing oh, my wife feels, the thing with my wife feels. I messed up with a lot of women before, man. Yeah. Um, I ran through, ran over a lot of women. Yeah. Um, with this time, I had Jesus on my mind. All right. So I knew to handle her in a different way. One thing about me, and here's here, here, here's where here's where you see the hand of God. That when I met my wife. The day I met her, she prophesied to me. Wow. Hmm. I talked the day, the literally the day I met her in Cheesecake Factory. She prophesied to me. We began talking, and I was telling her about the company that I started. And she goes, Well, that I mean, I, I mean, I'm really pouring out. I'm proud of this company. I'm fresh out of the Marine Corps. This is my next powerball. And she looked at me and said, Well, yeah, that's that's she's like, Yeah, that's good, but that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Mm. She goes, you're carrying the word of God, and you should be you should be preaching. Mm. Mm. She's like, when you're ready to do that, then you'll 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 reach your limits. Mm. Um, and can so, you, um, can you can you stay right there for a second? Because I I love where you're going with this, man. And that's why I giggled. I didn't mean to laugh out loud, but I knew where you were going, man. Right. Um, but the the whole point about how you met your wife mm -hmm. and she spoke into your life. Right. So faith met faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so when faith meets faith, E, you don't have to get your wife to do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. You just have to walk it out in front of her. Yep. And God will do the rest. That's, that's, yep. that's the key right there. Yeah, you do it, walking it out. Yeah, here, and, I, and, right. and, and it goes into here's one of the things that I did for my wife. The day, the first time she ever came to my house, I invited her over for dinner. Said, "Well, get here in a good time. You can eat dinner. You can go back home. We can hang out for a while." And when I was walking her, I came outside and greeted her when she pulled up in my yard. She lived way over on Atlanta Highway, Marietta side, mm -hmm. and I was way over here in Gwinnett County. 
uh, Loganville at the time. I came outside and I looked at her tires. She had a bad tire on the back of her Jeep. Now, granted, I just got out of the military. I didn't have money, but I, I said, look, I can't send you back across 285 with this tire like this. And I wasn't trying to impress her anything. Um, I go, we got to get you over here, get this tire replaced. You know, matter of fact, both these tires on the back of your truck have got to come off. And granted, this had only been like our fourth or fifth, you know, sixth interaction together. But I knew I didn't want a woman, you know, you know, leaving my house and in my care to go back across town and possibly get killed. These tires were bad. And, you know, her dad would usually come down and check stuff out, but he hadn't been out in a while. And so I took over to Kaufman, put two new tires on the back of a truck. And um, we just always had that relationship where um, I've never given her a reason not to trust me in that sense. I've never given her a reason not to believe in me in that sense. I know, granted, now, our, our relationship has not been roses and peaches the whole time. Our relationship <laughs> has had its rocky places, its bumps, yes, its long. We've had, some, we've had some train crashes and car wrecks. Uh, we, we've, we've fallen down. We've fallen out. Right, we left right. and came back. Right. Um, and so, but in that sense, she knows, financial-wise, she trusts me. She knows that okay. comes the money, come to finances, come to planning our future. That right. that that the boy, I, I I've never given her a reason not to support that. So, um, and I think that it was really her dad that broke her down and said, you know, when a guy takes you and he's willing to take empty his pockets instead of trying to lift your skirt up real quick, mm. and is willing to help you and believe in you and make sure that you're safe. Right. That's kind of where you need to put your attention. And I think that finally sunk in for her. Right. And uh, so it was time for me to to uh, to get this land. I had been nothing less than faithful to her in the sense of taking care of her, trying to make sure things were done, coming to her house and fixing stuff and making right. sure her grass and yard was cut, making repairs on her right. car. So she was more right. than ready to empty her pockets when she saw me, you know, trying to make right. this land move. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's yep. good. That, yeah, that's that's awesome. That um, you know, when Pastor said walking it out, I think one of the things we miss as men, and I know like a lot of times, just for, for lack of putting it the best way possible, you know, when I used to come to my wife with harebrained schemes and like, hey, I think I found something <laughs> we need to jump into, you know, I would be hurt when she wasn't with it. Like I was at the meeting, I'm excited. You should be excited too, you know, <laughs> realizing I wasn't really walking this thing out. You know, right. um, and and even like in this season, walking brother's legacy out, like she's on board because I've been walking it out. Yeah, you yeah. saying that it's like you know they don't you know your wife ain't on board like you ain't you committed, but you ain't really committed. <laughs> like, like oh, yeah, you find yeah, yeah. You committed, I got your back. You know, when yeah. I know you about to invest. It's like I see you all in. I'm gonna get all in. You know. Well, and my wife and my wife and my wife is totally different. She's she she understands, and I think that's the thing. We know each other. I'm black or white, yes, no, on, off, 
I'm very by the line, by the book. My wife is very rosy and technicolored and all of the possibilities. My wife will come to you one day and say, I got $50. We're opening a bakery. Um, right. You know, she, she, she will pop off just, she's spastic like that. She, you know, she'll come up with an idea and watch that film and five minutes later go grab something else. She's all over the place. <laughs> I provide that stability and security in our lives because, uh, man, you. if I let her have her way, she's like, look, I I, I got $200. We open another clinic in Lithonia. I mean, she just will be there. Yeah. I have to really nice. pull back on her. So, uh, but at the same time, I'm so cautious that I do think things into the ground and wow. never jump. So she she's given me a lot of courage to go ahead and over the years is what made me pull the trigger on the land deal because I would think things through and psychoanalyze it and count each penny. Why is it giving me this discount? I would I would I would drill things in the ground. She she she's an entrepreneur. She's like, look. I'm hiring another employee. I'm hiring two more employees, and I got seventy five dollars to get them through next week. I don't know what I'm doing the week after that, but let's go. <laughs> let's go. Love it. Love it. Love it. I think we balance each other out in that sense. She's got all the courage and all the ideas, and I'm the level grounding place. So, nice. yeah, nice. Oh, all right. So, anyway, wanted to kind of jump in that space because um, I was gonna we. You know, we're over time. I don't, yeah, I don't hold we're over. Long, but, but, but oh, because you, you had a I want to have. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I want to. We're gonna have him back, uh, Calvin Foster, because I want to talk about you know uh, the, the air property uh, problem, mm -hmm. the air property, and what do we mean by air? H e i r. You know, like the the transference of. of property to the next generation um because mm -hmm. we talked previous like me uh me and calvin some day a day ago and he's like let's dig into that as well because that's an issue just the transference of wealth to the next generation um mm -hmm. that as well as why land and having land is, is a great building block for for boys and uh their fathers um so we can dig into that as well all right so yeah. i want you guys to continue to stay tuned um, stay abreast. You know, you see us. We're changing. We're leveling up. We're going to new heights. So <laughs> make sure you stay connected. And I feel like I'm getting my panel of people so we can have this conference. It's coming. It's coming, guys. It's coming. I. Um, so we appreciate you guys for being here, rocking with us. Another edition of the Brothers of Legacy. Um, continue to share. Tag somebody. This was a great conversation. The beginning of many. Uh, next week, um, I got a, another. A gentleman coming through, I think it's on Tuesday. He's going to talk about uh, infants and fathers, infants and fathers mm -hmm. organization in a space that, like, I never really thought about. And it's, it's, yeah, his story is good as well. So stay tuned, stay connected. We got some great people coming through. Uh, make sure you share and stay connected. Text LWN to 84576. Text LWN to 84576. Um, and that's it. So, all hearts and minds are clear. Anybody want to share anything before we get out of here? Anything? Good? Everybody straight? Yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoyed the conversation, man. Thank y'all for having it's me. Thank y'all for having me. I really appreciate it, man. This made my day. Man.
Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff, man. I'll go anywhere, awesome. though, Calvin. Yeah. All right. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't leave. Right. Hey, I close out. Right. Don't, don't leave. Just hang out. All um, right. Also, before I get out of here, because my, my mentor says I got to mention this every time. Uh, if you we have these broadcasts, with, like I said, we're trying to build new, new spaces for brothers to, to chat and to help uh, mentor kids, as well as having accountability calls and all of this, you know, takes time and it takes funding as well. So feeling led to give, uh, give to the Brothers of Legacy. I didn't put that, but we'll just put this one. So go to dollar sign BOL 2019, dollar sign BOL 2019, uh, seed into the Brothers of Legacy, help us grow and build greater things. All right. So again, appreciate you, Calvin. Thank you for coming through. Definitely going to have you back. Um, if we could just have you on the same time, if this time works, uh, we'll, yep. we'll, we'll make it a thing. And we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Freestyle Friday look like it's messing up. Let me get out of here for it. Uh, Spectrum decides to shut me down. So we look forward <laughs> to seeing you. Know that we love you. Jesus loves you better. Stay safe. Do the right thing. Remember, 988, mental health crisis. You know someone or you're going through something. Make sure you dial 988. All right, guys. Peace out. All right.